Stand by to receive our transmission. Where are you boys from in the world? Alabama, sir. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to the Bama Geeks Podcast. We're four friends diving into our favorite pop culture topics with a dash of Southern charm. Right, we have the tools, we have the talent. It's Miller time. Whoa, this is heavy. Pizza dude's got 30 seconds. Wait, what? Crazy? You didn't say I was crazy. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. You want something done, you've got to do it yourself. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes! So grab your biscuits and gravy, a glass of sweet tea, and enjoy the nerdy hospitality of Brock and Jessica Parker, Bo Bearden, and Kevin Gardner. This is the way. This is the way. Hello once again. Welcome to the Bama Geeks. Hello, howdy. Hello. Hiya. (laughs) So if you're watching us on YouTube, we'll get to him in just a second. You'll notice it's it's, <laughs> it's myself and it's Jessica and it's Bo and some guy you don't recognize, right? <laughs> that is that is but, not that is not Kevin Gardner. Kevin uh, Kevin had to step away for this past week. Uh, he's been on assignment. Um, not really. He's been taking care of some personal things and uh, Kevin's on assignment in the woods behind me. (laughs) (laughs) How you doing in there, Kev? Well, considering it's, uh, it's nighttime in your background, that's he's, he's probably taking a nap right now. He he's exhausted. Sure. Uh, So, so he bowed out of this episode. So Kevin will join us for the next one. Uh, he's just real tired. He's had a business trip and everything else. So, uh, We'll just go ahead and say hello and introduce him in a second. But this is Michael Nix. This is a longtime friend, a really longtime yeah. friend of Bo's, and a fairly longtime friend of mine, and uh, and a, a longtime friend of Jess's. It's been more than five years, so that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so we have him on tonight because we're going to talk some Alabama ghost stories, and there's nobody better to have on this episode than. Michael Nix. You'll probably hear us refer to him as Nixie because mm-hmm. that's just, that's our nickname for him because we love him. It's one of the nicer things we can say about him on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Any other terms of endearment. That's right. <laughs> so I got something special because you know what episode number this is, right, Bo? Oh, I see. <laughs> Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. That's right. <laughs> we are episode number 40. Yes, we are now a man. <laughs> we are a man. I, said, I told Brock this morning, I was like, we have to. Uh, I was like, we, we cannot hit on the number 40 without bringing Mike Gundy into this bless thing. Bless Mike Gundy. <laughs> <laughs> we are now a man in the podcasting world. <laughs> That's right. So I couldn't... Uh, I, I I didn't tell Bo we were doing that. That's one of oh, those all time favorite clips. Yeah. That's good, man. I'm telling you, man. That's oh, I remember watching ESPN when they originally aired it. That's still one of the greatest rants in college football. <laughs> I said for Bo, we ha- yes, we cannot do you. this. We have to do this if nothing I'm, else. We're just Bo. I'm still so disappointed. Like around my 40th birthday, I was going to do that, but just life. Of course, 2020 happened. So that's yeah. Well, yeah. well it was 2020. Yeah. Yeah, because you're 2020, 42. Yeah, 2021 is what I think was. We were still 
recovering. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it was, uh, I was one of my plans. Unfortunately it didn't happen, but Hey, but that's still yeah. like, I love it, man. It's, that's one of the best things ever. It, it's up there with the, uh, all the, uh, all practice and, uh, they are who we thought we were. <laughs> all those great college football rants. But yeah, Gundy's up there. But yeah. Thank you. Without going into too much, I thought you were going to talk about the strutting. Strut, strut oh, the strut, strutting that, you know what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All the way to Gunnersville. All the way to Gunnersville. You work at the Arsenal. Yep. <laughs> Driving that Mercedes. Yeah. There's there's our next there's our next episode Alabama memes there we go oh oh wow oh there's too many I oh. know we're trying to present our state yeah, in a positive light okay no oh, this next episode won't well <laughs> that's mm. your teaser oh yeah mm. okay yeah uh, it's yeah. still it's still October so we, we still got some Halloween some spooky stuff coming up for you after this for for the next episode and. The next episode will definitely paint our state in a stereotypical light. Mm. Oh, mm. It's, not that, it's not that bad. Oh, it is that bad. It's terrible. It's hard. Anyway. I, I've okay. it. I've been, it's, it's been more enjoyable than Lamageddon. Come on. Uh, <laughs> that says a lot, it's, too. It's on so. equal footing for me. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. That's your teaser for the next episode. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, we had to play Mike Gundy for, for Bo because Thank this you. is episode number 40. Oh, yeah. For the Bama Geeks, and uh, we spent the first 20 minutes uh, prior to this talking to our Patreon members. Hey, of course, we're going to plug it at the beginning to let you know that you did miss out on 20 fun-filled minutes of <laughs> football talk and Bray Wyatt and mm-hmm. more wrestling. So, um, and, uh, and, 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 Bo's, and Bo's, <laughs> Bo's story of food poisoning. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, but anyway, you can go to patreon.com slash Bama geeks, $5 a month. That'll get you in there where you can hear all that and you'll get the, uh, the archives of stuff we've done previously. We'll touch on that later, but also follow us at Bama geeks on social media everywhere, mm-hmm. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and, uh, all your hope- social media platforms. Yeah. And YouTube's rolling out a new, uh, handle system. What? Uh, where you can do it's going to be like youtube.com slash at whatever your username is. So we've oh. got we've got one now for the Alabama Ghostbusters. We uh, that was uh, given to us this week. So youtube.com slash the at symbol Alabama Ghostbusters will get you to that YouTube channel. And so hopefully we'll, we'll get one rolled out uh, to the Bama Geeks channel as well. So but any, either way, at Bama Geeks, you can find us everywhere. So. All right, uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into this. Uh, uh, we've got our introductions. We'll, we'll start. Uh, Jess, do you have anything to, to talk about before we get into our ghost stories? Um, No, not really. I think we should just roll into the ghost stories. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready to roll into that. Unless, uh, unless Bo's got something. Uh, I mean, nothing, nothing too much. Been... <laughs> been a little been been a little crazy around our household just going places and doing things but uh yeah i'll, I'll save it for i'll save it for wednesday or whatever the next, our time next recording yes okay <laughs> all right well let, let's introduce you to this guy down here in the corner who is not kevin gardner <laughs> not kevin yeah <laughs> this is not kevin this is uh this is michael nix as we said uh you and Bo have an extremely long history together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some multiple yes, times. 
I met him in prison in 96, so, you know. <laughs> That's not surprising in the least. <laughs> no, no. Shouldn't be. Now, let's see. Let's see. High school high school band uh, came in, uh, beginning band. Me and him was in there at the same time. Uh, yeah. So that would be night. That would be about right the same. Let's see. I graduated in 99, so that'd be. I was a year ahead of you. So I was out yeah, of 98. 98. So that would be, what, 1993. Three, yes, that sounds right. Three ninety four. Three ninety four sounds 93, right. Ninety three, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, I was still in high school at the time. At ninety three, old because <laughs> you are ninety three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. We we did uh, marching. Well, we did band together. Uh, marching band through all that together. Uh, we've we've hung out for years. Of course, you know, as we've got older, life has got everybody. We don't get to see each other much anymore. But we still, I see them mm-hmm. about once ever so often. Yeah. We yep. could do a whole episode of just all the shenanigans we did in band. Oh, God. <laughs> bees. Yes, bees. Oh. He knew me at more of my prime. I'm a lot more subdued compared to that. That was the day very... I thought Bo had lost his mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I believe yours was thanks to the bleachers at Bibb County, I believe, is where I thought you lost yours, too. Probably, yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> And they still uh, have those bleachers. I'm sure. Our friend <laughs> Matt. Yeah. They were like 30, 40 years old back in the 90s. So. I think they were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bo and, uh, Bo and, and Nixie have, have known each other since childhood. And Nixie and I, it, it, we, we alluded to this. Well, we didn't allude. We actually told the whole story. We'll go ahead and tell, retell the story now of how we all met. It's funny. Uh, Nixie and I met in college back in uh 2002 i think around then yeah so he and i've known each other for 20 years and we we worked uh in television together uh we were both students uh there at, at alabama and worked at wboa the, the student student-led tv station or commercial uh, tv station yeah it's a commercial tv station but there's a lot of students that work there yeah and so he was a director and I was a reporter and, uh, we, we just hit it off. And then in 2009, uh, we, we've told the story on the podcast before how, uh, Bo and I met over at mm-hmm. Kevin's house, uh, for the first meeting of the Alabama ghostbusters. And Bo was like, do you know a guy named Michael Nix? <laughs> and I was like, get out of town. We went to college yeah. together. <laughs> and then, as we've said, those two went to high school together. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, we both, we both wound up texting, texting Nixie that day. He's like, do you know, Bo, do you know, Brock, you know, yeah. and, and the circle is complete. Yep. And Kevin, even though he's not here, shall not be left out of this conversation. Yep. Kevin knew Nixie from <laughs> an honor band. band. Yeah. And later I interviewed him for something cosplay related. I believe it was, I think he came in. The show I was producing at the time, we had an episode about it. Essentially, it was cosplay. I don't even know if we called it that then, but he was in Star Wars Regalia, I believe. It was him and a yeah. few others. And we interviewed yeah. him about what they did. And I didn't remember him from Adam. Um, having been an honor band with me and Bo, even though he sat yep. like two or three or four seats away, either on yep. either side, I don't remember which. Uh, but I didn't remember him at the time. And then later, I'm like, you look familiar. And he basically said the same thing. And then we finally figured out, Oh yeah, we do know each other. <laughs> so the circle, the, the world's small. 
Or what, Very or, small. Or what's funny is like, I may have been around there at uh, UA when you were there, uh, Brock. Cause I, even though I was not going to school, I did a, uh, did a little TV show with Michael. It was a, uh, we, he helped produce and do all. I know, I know yeah. you did directing on it. It was, it was the same you. show. It's okay. almost that you saw Kevin as well. Because okay. I, I, I don't, I don't remember if that one, cause I may have had to work that night. Cause I remember we it did a possible, couple yeah. of them and, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that was it. So, like, I was around the same time frame. I may have just been there later that evening and missed you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's a it's it's full circle around here. And then, world. of course, yeah, and then and then <laughs> Jess came into our lives in 2016 with the mm-hmm. Alabama Ghostbusters, and we we all go to each other's houses and hang out. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Nixie and I, we we do work together, uh, not far from each other. Uh, they're lunch it, buddies yeah so we go to lunch all the time sometimes Bo will join us yeah, for lunch. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so this is a this is a wide open uh circle uh, of, of fun here so we all know each other extremely well and nixie i was in charge of the music at brock and i's wedding that's right <laughs> <laughs> i gave him my phone yeah. with I the beha- bluetooth and <laughs> i behaved i don't know why but i did <laughs> <laughs> here's your job <laughs> hey thanks for coming to our wedding can you run the music yeah can, can you just you know push this on my phone whenever said moment happens thanks yeah. look it was a we, we didn't go all out for our wedding because it was the second wedding for both of us and so we were like look let's just let's just get married yeah <laughs> we don't Listen. need to make a big ordeal that's right but it was a great wedding Had oh a good yeah time. Yes. it was a great wedding yeah so so uh i'm gonna go ahead and start us off in the last episode we did uh, a little thing called Bama Geeks Southern Words and Phrases, oh, which we yeah. introduced the word. If well, we may have introduced the word "tumped" to you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this time I've got a word to introduce to you that uh, if you're not from the South, you may not have heard it. And I did not tell Nixie this one ahead of time, but I know he loves this word. Mm. And since we're in October. <laughs> Since we're on October, I wanted to get his take on the word, the good old Southern word of haint. Ah, yes. (laughs) Everybody knows the word haunt. And wow, you got something happening there, Bo? Okay. Gotta get ready to get crashed. (laughs) So the haint. If you will, dear sir, Nixie, would you please elaborate on the word haint? What does it mean and what kind of context can you use it in? So haint is, is an old Southern word, I believe. I'm not sure if it came over from Europe. I doubt it. Uh, could very well be Appalachian, Scott-Irish. Mm-hmm. Um, but haint means a ghost or spirit. So yeah. in the South, you may hear older folks i mean you may hear younger folks too because i know what it means i hear Um, you talk about it right (laughs) um it's just not as prevalent as it used to be but you may hear people talk about haints and it's exactly what it means they're talking about there's a spirit or something along the lines of a ghost or an apparition and um a lot of homes back in the old days this is not prevalent anymore would one of the ways that you could keep uh spirits from getting in your house Hmm or having a haunting at your home was you painted the ceiling, what was called haint blue. Yep, it was almost that's... like a sky blue. Uh, a lot of people would do it for in- insect 
uh, keeping insects away from your house because they would think, oh, God, that's water. And they would, wouldn't fly up or whatever. I forget what that was for. Maybe carpenter bees or something. I don't know. I'm probably completely wrong about that. It had something to do with trying to prevent insects from getting in your house. But the other context was to keep uh, spirits at bay because that blue, I don't remember if it, if it was because of the water or if people just thought the blue was something that prevented spirits from coming into your house, mm -hmm. but people would paint the ceilings of their porch, not necessarily the house. Yeah, I don't think I porch. specified, but it was the porch of their house, uh, haint blue. And that's what it was always called was haint blue. And it was very, very, very light blue. Mm -hmm. And that was the purpose for it. You know what? My grandmother had that on her porch yep. had, had painted light blue and I never knew why. I, a lot I of didn't people question did that. It. Yeah. A lot of people did that in the South in their, their porch, the floor of the porch might've been battleship gray, which keeps mm. popping up for me lately because of all these new, uh, Ford um, Broncos with this weird gray. And I've kept thinking, I recognize that color. It's battleship gray is what it is. Uh, but the roof though, the ceiling though, would be a very light blue, almost, almost the same shade as that battleship gray, but it was blue. And, and while, and while we were sitting here talking about this, there is actually haints.org tales of Southern <laughs> haints website. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> These are the same people that would have a bottle tree in their yard of those blue glass oh, bottles. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was meant to keep evil spirits away and right. having a uh, horseshoe over your doorway uh, was one way. It was it meant to be luck, but it was also to keep spirits out of your house. Hmm. My grandparents this, had that. And this does say belief in Haints probably originated with the Gola Geechee people, descendants of African slaves in the Carolina low country okay. in barrier island so yeah okay yeah so what you were kind of touching on earlier from appalachia right yeah yeah interesting yep i knew he would have so much to say on that word and i <laughs> and i knew if i surprised him with it uh -huh. he, he'd be able to pull it off that's why he's on this episode there was a lot of you know pre-show discussion between brock and i prior to this episode sitting down you know between mike gundy and hank so yeah. you know, we we had a lot cooking in the in the, in the background I, there I, I promise you we don't have any more surprises for you guys <laughs> I, I, honestly actually i thought the hank the hank blue is just the name of the blue i didn't know that it had a whole context for all yep. of it and my other other word thinking of hank is be like somebody asking you hey it's cold outside hain't it that's all <laughs> i can think about it that's my context of it that's, you know. hain't it yeah, I have a good Southern word or phrase I will pass along to you later to okay. quiz right. people on. Okay. I was debating nice. what you were about to ask. I was not thinking Hank, <laughs> but it was like already going through my Rolodex in my head. What could he be about to ask? <laughs> Hank was not we, the one. We, we all, all four of us on here love to bust each other's chops and we, mm. and we pull stuff on each other. So, yeah. We I, live for knew, the moment to bust a chop yes. around here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew he'd be up for the task. So uh, before we, before we get into, uh, into the Alabama ghost stories, we got to do a quick thing. If, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, Jess right now is holding up a, an orange cup with a familiar design on it. I'm holding up a white cup with a familiar design and grab the other one, Jess. Oh yeah. <laughs> currently, cups, currently not anything in it, but for display, if you are, uh, just listening to the audio feed, we are holding up the old McDonald's uh, Halloween bucket designs. Those, by the time this episode comes out, should have been released once again by McDonald's. But <laughs> our good friend Johnny Ruckus over at RuckusTees.com 
uh, he has recreated those designs on drinking cups mm-hmm. and shirts, right. right? And shirts, correctly. Just, did, did he do shirts or just the cups? No, he just with with the Halloween designs. He just did the cups. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I couldn't remember if he was mm-hmm. doing a shirt or not. Yeah. Yeah. So Jess and I are enjoying our sweet tea tonight. He does have some Halloween themed shirts, but they they yeah. they're not with the bucket design. Okay, I couldn't remember. Yeah. It. yeah. So we we wanted to get that not only to support uh, Johnny. And we'll leave a link in the description of the YouTube video and everything. So you can, uh, you can go in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny's and, a good, good friend of ours and yeah. uh, always does real good with his t-shirts, uh, pins. He also has pin designs that he does pin runs. Mm-hmm. Um, he just did some Ewok coins too. Am I correct? I'm correct yeah. on that too. So yep. yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, Johnny Ruckus over at RuckusTees.com. Like I said, we'll have a description, a link in the description of the podcast episode mm-hmm. and uh, in the YouTube description. Um, speaking of, if, you, if you're not watching on YouTube, we're going to encourage that this episode uh, because uh, Nixie has prepared some really cool uh, graphics and slides and stuff mm-hmm. for the, uh, the ghost story episode. But, um, we'll tell you everything that's in the photos. If you're, if you're only able to catch it on the audio feed, but, uh, YouTube, uh, search Bama geeks and definitely, uh, enjoy all the clips that'll be coming out from this episode mm-hmm. for sure. Lot, so, lots of visual on yep. this episode. So, yep. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into uh, the, uh, the ghost stories, uh, Jess sent me a question. The answer is yes. We'll hang on, mm-hmm. um, till the next episode for, for your inquiry. Thank you. All, All right. right. Got my message received. Yeah. All message right. received antennas up. Boop. Boop, boop. So <laughs> haint has communicated. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to jump into our, uh, into the, the meat of the episode, Alabama ghost stories. And I have heard over the past two decades, some wonderful tales from Nixie and he is, uh, going to regale you with some <laughs> wonderful haints and haunts around Alabama. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, if you're on YouTube, we're going to pull those up into the screen and we're going to give him full control and, and oh, let no. him, and- <laughs> <laughs> I, well, and and bef- and Excellent. I guess before we we get started too, I had you know been trying to brainstorm what could we do this spooky season. Uh, growing up in Alabama, we are all familiar with the book Thirteen Alabama yeah, Ghosts and Jeffrey. Yeah, you're right. So if you are watching on YouTube, I'm going to switch to this real quick. Okay. Um, Thirteen Alabama Ghosts and Jeffrey is a book series by Catherine Tucker Wyndham, mm-hmm. and this is Jeffrey. That is Jeffrey. If you're watching Correct. on YouTube. At growing up, this this book is a I would say probably a staple in our yeah. lives growing up here in Alabama. Um I know as a kid, you know, we we go into the library at school. Everybody wanted to look at the 13 Alabama Ghost yep. book. It was everybody wanted to check it out. Everybody Always wanted to look out. at it. It was a very popular book because we we just wanted the spooky stories. We wanted to read about the spooky stories. And um, this always, while Brock's got the picture up, as he's described, this is uh, this always stands out in my mind whenever I think of this book. And this what, is the iconic photo from the book. And what this is, this is this is Jeffrey. And who is Jeffrey? Well, uh, Jeffrey is he is a ghost that haunted the Wyndham house. And when the family 
the family would hear footsteps in the rooms that, you know, would later be found empty. Uh, and what happened with this particular photograph uh, on the night that this picture was made, uh, some people that were visiting the house, they wanted to play with a Ouija board and try to contact Jeffrey. And afterwards, when they developed the photos taken that night, a shadowy, vague human-like shape was seen beside a girl in a, the photograph. And this is the photograph that uh, Brock has pulled up here with the shadowy figure. So that's Jeffrey. I always thought Jeffrey was holding a knife here and was about to well, stab her in the nose. Way. He looks that way, though. Yeah, he does. Yeah. It always looked like a little knife to me, too. And he's got a bicep on him. Mm-hmm. So he, 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 uh, Jeffrey works out, apparently. <laughs> so <laughs> with with the hit, with Jeffrey being the ghost that the that was familiar with the Wyndham family uh, in, in the preface to the book, uh, Wyndham has stated that although there are many ghost stories in Alabama. She wanted to choose stories for her book that had entertained many generations and were a treasured part of Southern folklore. Excuse me. So in the book, you know, you have 13 stories of, of Alabama ghost stories throughout the state. And I know she also did uh, other books in Southern states regarding, uh, what did we say? Was it, we think it was Georgia, Mississippi, Tennessee, Georgia, and Georgia, Tennessee, I think Florida. So she became, you know, fascinated with the with telling the stories, the the ghost stories of the South, and you know, I I can't say that I can't say that I uh, believe in ghosts because I've never had an encounter, but I've always been fascinated with ghost stories and hearing yeah. people that have had ghostly encounters. Yeah, I, that's I, I'll I'll agree with that. I I do not believe in ghosts. Um, and it's funny always <laughs> being with the Alabama Ghostbusters. People will contact us. Can you come help us get the stuff out of our house? I'm like, you need to call some of our other members to believe in this because I can't help you. That's I, not I what think we you're do. just nuts. But <laughs> yeah. you're going to call someone else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for me, like, I'm not saying there's not ghosts, but I, because I can't say there aren't. And I also can't mm-hmm. say there are because I have not encountered one. So I'm very open minded to the it either way. So yeah. I've tried. I tried during high school to go over to the infamous Baby Bridge about, you know, 20 something <laughs> miles from the house to see. And of course, nothing happened when I'm there, but everybody else has a story. It happened to them yeah. while they were there. So yeah. yeah, we, we, as the Ghostbusters group, we got invited to a paranormal investigation at Sloss Furnace probably years ago. And like, I, it's a spooky place regardless of it, but yeah. there was like, there was like 40 or 50, 50 people there stumbling around in the dark with the, the laser pins and stuff. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. you know, I mean, that's where I keep saying, I can't say, I'm not saying there isn't, I'm not saying there is, I'm still very mm-hmm. open-minded to it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, just like you, Jess, I, I, I love the, the ghost stories growing up and, you know, she also released more Alabama stories. You know, there's more 13 Alabama ghosts and mm-hmm. uh, all these books are available on Amazon. And, and if you, if you want to grab one of those or head to your local library, mm-hmm. uh, if you're in Alabama, you know, you, yeah, there's you, a copy in it. Not- <laughs> yeah. It's like it's required. Yeah. It's, it's required <laughs> reading as a child in Alabama to do 13 Alabama ghosts <laughs> and Jeffrey, but, uh, we'll go ahead and bring, uh, Nixie's, uh, slides back up. And now that you know the backstory of Jeffrey and Catherine Tucker Wyndham, mm-hmm. these, uh, these are stories that. I actually, we have no idea what stories he's yeah. going to present tonight. So yeah. we're just, are all these from uh, 13 Alabama ghosts or you got some 
Nope. Always yeah. got some surprises. All in right. There's, there's going to be some surprises in this. Cool. Oh, 13 Alabama Ghosts and Jeffrey, of course, is the, you know, that's the go-to ghost book in Alabama, mm-hmm. but there are so many ghost stories in Alabama. I don't know if it's just Alabama on its own or if every state can claim this, but Alabama certainly has a lot of ghost yeah. stories. Mm. So, um, but it's funny you bring up Bayview Bridge because <laughs> first is not Bayview Bridge, but Cry speaking of home. every state and yeah. every in anything that in any ghost story that you may hear of in mm-hmm. any state is Cry Baby Hollow, or as we say in Northwest Alabama, Cry Baby Holler. there's there's always a crybaby bridge somewhere in a state right exactly and this is one i did not know about uh before doing a little research to come up with some stuff a little different uh to talk about and i do say best alabama ghost stories is my title but the title really should be best alabama ghost stories or the best ones i could find (laughs) this weekend because there are so many and i I tried to level them up between some of the more yeah, um, I'm not so sure about that too. Right. Okay. This is this is really spooky. So yeah. And unlike and us, course, uh, unlike us, he did show prep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I had to come and outdo everybody. So, um, way to and, show us up. Thanks. And possibly I needed this to help keep my own self organized. Right. So there's that too. But Crybaby Hollow, um, this one is in Hartsell, Alabama, which is in Morgan County. Morgan County is very near, or Hartsell is very near um, Decatur at the very mm-hmm. north central uh, edge of Alabama. It's just, just to the west of Huntsville. Um, and the story goes, as as you would imagine, because you've probably heard about this before I jump into that, this is off Highway 31 between Hartzell and Decatur. It's actually very close to 31. If you were to take US 31 uh, up through Hartzell as if you were going to Decatur, you pass this road. You actually go across the creek that this bridge crosses, as a matter of fact. Okay, James, uh, what, man, what barbecue joint is it next to? <laughs> well, let's see. It's very close to <laughs> Deschler High School. <laughs> Whatever, Bo. <laughs> oh, this is going to be so good. I want you guys to be able to experience some of this because as, Bo, as Brock says about being a heavy skeptic of ghosts, if you want to go out and it's somewhere like this and it's public, this isn't a private area, and just test it to see if you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. And like Jess said about going to Bayview Bridge, you know, this is one of those places you can actually go to, you can get to, and you can probably be there at night. And if something's going to happen, you might actually experience it. Who knows? Yeah. But it's on KO Road, uh, and the creek that it goes across is Moss Spring Branch. In case you're like looking for it on a map, it's almost like Cairo syrup. I'm trying hard not to say K. <laughs> <laughs> and I did double check the spelling of that just yeah. because I'm like, somebody in the South has called this K-Ro. That's K-Yo. 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 Um, yeah, but that's the, br- that's the bridge, and that's all it is. It's, not, it's nothing fantastic. It's only about 12 feet long if it's that. And it's it's a branch off of a creek. So this is like a sub-creek, if you want to call it that. It's more like a stream. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently it, it can get pretty heavy with water whenever uh, it's raining quite a bit. But the legends go as if you've ever heard of a crybaby holler. And I laugh at crybaby holler because my mother told me a story about that. And I can't remember if it was in Walker or Fett County, Alabama. I think it's Fett. In a very similar scenario, the story is the exact same story that she gave me. Um, and I believe through some of the other research I was doing, there's one in East Alabama somewhere between Anniston and Gadsden. I can't remember where where it was almost the exact same story. So if there's really ghosts, there's really no telling if this actually happened here. But the legend goes that there was a homicidal maniac that killed a mother and the child and dumped them in the creek, and they were washed away. Mm -hmm. 
The other is a teenage couple had had an unwanted child, had an unwanted pregnancy, and took the child after after it was born and dumped it in the creek, and it was washed away then. Um, and of course, wails of a baby crying is what makes Cry Baby Hollow, Cry Baby Hollow. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the more accepted, if you will, story that uh, the locals discuss or talk about is a Native American woman from several hundred years ago uh, fell in the creek during a flood while she was holding a baby and the child was swept away. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, that's where the whales are coming from. Okay. Um, and a very similar um, segment of the story, probably edited over the years, was an early Scots-Irish uh, settlers, or there were early uh, Scots-Irish settlers passing through the area. And as they were crossing this branch of the creek, they hit a rock um, while pulling their wagon across. They hit a rock and it tossed out a baby that they didn't realize that it tossed out. It was at night. And they didn't know until later. And as they went back to try to find the child, the child was gone and been swept away in the creek. So um, okay. that's this crybaby hollow in Hartsville, Alabama, Morgan County, North Alabama. So All right. if we're up that way, it might be worth pulling off 31 for a few minutes. Because it's like I said, it's fairly close off US 31 and not that far from I-65 either. Uh, apparently, if you go up here, don't take your baby. I about to say, yeah, make sure your child yeah. is firmly secured. Yeah, just le- <laughs> just leave your child at home. If you have yeah. a baby, don't yeah, take by himself. Yeah, <laughs> so- something crazy is going to happen. There's going to be a tidal wave coming through this branch that's about five feet wide. That's going to take your baby away. Good for me. I don't monster. have babies anymore. Knows? No nope. more babies. Um, nope, Ryan Dole. We're not having babies. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's Crybaby Hollow. So, uh, whoops. There we go. Jump ahead. Sorry about that. Hugging Molly. The name of this just cracked <laughs> me up. Hugging Molly. And Hugging in Molly. the southeast Alabama city of Abbeville, this is Henry County, very near, just to the north of Dothan. Mm-hmm. Um, this is very the, close to where I grew up. Yeah. Um, Hugging Molly is apparently a thing. And it's, it's, it, the story came about around 1890 to 1900. Uh, one of the stories, there's, of course, just like Crybaby Hollow, This there's a few different variations of this. One story mm-hmm. is of a woman in black thought to be uh, an unwed mother that was allegedly poisoned by uh, the child's father uh, to get rid of her because she wanted to keep the child and he did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, another story centers on a man, so a woman, it's a man in this case, uh, that was in black who had died in prison and was roaming the streets of Abbeville trying to reunite with family. Hmm. Um, so, um, and I put in, in here that it's a caution, is it a cautionary folk tale or a real apparition? Because, um, parents, of course, over the years, and I'm sure they still do this because it's funny now, because you <laughs> see what, you see what their uh, slogan is on there. Uh, welcome to Abbeville sign Yeah, is don't stay out too late or hug and Molly will get you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well the whole reason that hug and Molly even became a story is, as I said, this story all uh, culminated between 1890 and 1900, sometime in around the late 19-teens. There was a man who was interviewed sometime in the 1960s um, that when he was about 19 years old, so sometime around 1915-1920, had been working for a grocery store in downtown Abbeville and had been delivering groceries that day, and it was very close to dusk, and he was headed home. And he was uh, walking to his house on East Washington Street, wherever that is in Abbeville, and heard footsteps 
uh, behind him. And he turned around and he sees this very tall figure. So one of the other uh, points about Hug and Molly is, I think I'll get to that in just a minute, but it's a very tall figure. So upwards of seven feet tall. And as you see Hmm. from the picture, it kind of emulates that's an adult in front and that's Hug and Molly behind. So Hug and Molly's pretty tall. Oh, wow. Um, I was thinking that was a kid. Exactly. And the apparition uh, was, it was told that the way they killed you is they hugged you to crush you to death. Hmm. So hugging Molly. Okay. So, so you, you would have been totally safe during the pandemic since, you know, everybody had to stay six feet apart. <laughs> sure, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. Hugging Hug- Molly might not have understood that. Do you, do you think hugging Molly would have adhered to social distancing? She Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That gown had, I'm sure had her covered up pretty well. <laughs> um, but he turns around, he sees this tall figure in a black robe and he takes off running. And of course, after a few minutes, he turns around and looks and it's gone. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it was one of his friends playing a joke, but several years later, sometime in the 1930s or forties, uh, another man was walking home from work who had lived somewhere near downtown. He was on Elm and Clendenin streets, weird name, uh, near his home. And it was the same situation. He hears footsteps behind him. He turns and looks, there's this tall figure wearing a black robe. He takes off running. And Hug and Molly is right on his tail to the point that he gets home, runs up his sidewalk. His mother just happens to be on the front porch and sees this as well. And it disappears. Hmm. Okay. So <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> someone's friend who was uh, playing jokes. Yeah. So, and interestingly, there's a restaurant in Abbeville called Hug and Molly's. I see that. So huh. as you can tell from their city limit sign, they play up Hug and Molly pretty heavy to the point yeah. they even have a restaurant in Abbeville, okay, which so has been there for a very long time. It looks like a... Yeah. Uh, so you said this is close to Dothan? Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit north, port- maybe 10, 15 okay. miles, maybe? Yeah, it's on 431. Maybe further. Okay, yeah. Yeah, as you're heading up towards Eufaula. Yeah, I, uh, we'll, stop, we'll stop in next time we, we head down. To yeah, the state, we're going to have to check family. that out. Yeah, yeah Hug and definitely. Molly. Yeah. So, yeah. Several other stories. Those are just a handful of ones I thought were the most interesting that I could dig up. Um, I like that one. Yeah, it. I think I don't know if they still have a soda fountain inside that restaurant or not. It's it's set up mm. very 1940s 50s esque with the tile and all that. Mm-hmm. I think it, it had been a restaurant. I don't know if it's been Hugging Molly's all this time, but it had been a restaurant for a very long time. It's just called Hugging Molly's now, and it says drugs at the top. So of course, this was one of the old drugstores yeah. so, that had a restaurant in it as well from back years ago. Yeah, that's kind of like Center and Gillstrap drugs uh, back home in Geneva. Uh, my mom, I think she was at, she she was at, no, it wasn't not Center Drugs, was not uh, not the the uh, restaurant. It was Gillstrap Drugs downtown. My mom worked there when she was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a soda jerk there at the mm-hmm. old drugstore. So, yeah. I, yeah, I'm definitely interested to. I like the look of that. I like yeah, that I like the aesthetic cool. of that. Yeah. And kids, yeah. if you don't know what a, so- a soda jerk is, it's the person behind the counter waiting on you and getting your drinks and everything. <laughs> yeah. Old term. They're, they weren't yeah. jerks. My mom was not a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Except when I caused trouble, which was a lot. Uh, all right. So let's move on to, yeah. if you are not from Alabama, you've never heard of this potentially, but if you are from Alabama, you haven't heard of this. Mm-hmm. I am disappointed. Well, because this and, is probably the most told ghost story in the state is the Pickens yeah. County Courthouse. And as as he alludes to with with Pickens County Courthouse, 
be looking for a mm -hmm. special video from us on the Pickens County Courthouse uh, sometime this month. We uh, we we paid a visit and did a did a little video shoot here. Yeah. And the way you see the courthouse right now is exactly the way it looks right yep. now. Other than when you drive into <laughs> well, Carrollton, you don't go into black and white, but the right. building still looks well, very much the same. The Maybe there's more trees around it, but there's a lot more trees around it now. Yeah. 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 But the building Please. itself is virtually untouched. I, I was going to say, I don't know if, if Brock wants to make any additional comments on the day we went down there or he's going to save that for, for the, the we'll save upcoming. It. Okay. We'll gotcha. save it. Gotcha. Just, save it. Okay. Just, My just story won't get into his. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it will, but uh, not, not every aspect of it. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, we went earlier this month to, uh, to, mm -hmm. to Carrollton to Pickens County courthouse. And that, that'll, like I said, that'll be a special video on the, the Bama geeks YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. and we'll share it on social media. I, I'm editing it right now. So. Okay. Right. Well, this, this is the courthouse in Carrollton in Pickens County, West Alabama, mm -hmm. uh, built in 1878 because the original one was burned to the ground in 1876. So they rebuilt it within two years, which was a pretty good undertaking yeah. given the, Back, uh, given the time period that they did this work in, uh, it's still in use. Um, mm -hmm. What makes this courthouse a little infamous is the face in the courthouse mm -hmm. window, which we'll get to. Now we'll go ahead and flip to that slide. And Bye. there it is. Yeah, if you're um, watching on YouTube, you can see it. And this does still exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is in the window as of today. Yeah. So you can drive to Carrollton. Look on the eastern side, I believe it's the, no, no, the western side, the, the side that faces west. If you look mm -hmm. back up, you'll see this oh, uh, yeah. with the little arrow sign up there, too, because it's there, too. This is a different picture than what I had. I actually have a picture of my own. Mm -hmm. I had to go find this one because I couldn't find mine. Um, but as the story goes, the man named Henry Wells allegedly burned the courthouse with an associate named Bur Bill Burkhalter. Mm -hmm. uh, they were arrested for arson, among other things. Evidently, uh, Wells and Burkhalter had robbed some people that same night. Um, the courthouse burned early the next morning. They were not, they didn't know where they were and just basically assumed the evidence was very circumstantial. Um, and uh, they were going to be tried for all of this. The story goes that Wells was, there was a lynch mob that appeared that came up to the courthouse. They were ready to. Uh, hang the man mm -hmm. uh, for burning the courthouse because the last courthouse was not that old. I don't think it was a source of pride for people in Pickens County. Yeah. And they were very upset about all this. So yeah. Cause the first well, one had been burned down during the, uh, by the union during the, during the civil war. Right. That's what I heard. Yeah. 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 And the sheriff takes him up to the Garrett, basically the uh, attic of the building, very top. And from there, he's yelling, Wells is yelling down to the crowd that's trying to lynch him, that if they do it, he's going to haunt them for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. And as all of this is going on, lightning strikes outside the building and basically makes an impression of his face on the window. Mm -hmm. And some days later, he died. I'm not sure if they actually hung him. Some other, you know, as the legend goes, different things that happened. He wound up dead mm -hmm. either that day or within a few days after this. Yeah. Well, the next morning, a member of the lynch mob who had been out there that night, of course, everybody disperses after the lightning strikes because they don't want anything <laughs> to do with that. 
um, comes back by walking by the courthouse and looks up and sees his face in the courthouse and starts screaming. Mm-hmm. And many people run up and they're looking at this and they're like, oh my God, they see the face in the courthouse window. And as legend goes, that pane of glass has been replaced more than once. And the face always comes back. Um, That's- uh, what we were told uh, is that this pane of glass actually is the original pane. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. There was a yeah. thunderstorm that came through at some point later uh, and actually blew out the other windows, but that pane remained untouched. Never mind. Wow. Okay. Well, and I had always heard that too. Yeah, so yeah. Like so there, yeah. There's yeah. been yeah. a lot of tellings of this story right. throughout the years. Um, I had heard that too, that supposedly they've tried to change the pain and it always came back. It always but, reappeared. Right. Yep. But what they told us when we went to visit was, no, this actually is the original pain. Mm-hmm. They said they have tried to clean it. It's been, uh, they've tried to clean it. And you can't. And yeah. then it's supposedly the face, you see it from the, you can see it from the outside, but not from the inside. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And down on the corner facing that side of the courthouse, they have one of those uh, kind of those telescope machines. You put a quarter in it can look through mm-hmm. and you can get a really close up view of the face. But yeah, it is there today. We saw it. Yeah. Yeah. The legend of all of this is, of course, as is with any legend, very much disputable, um, mm-hmm. mainly because of dates. Um, and there may have been a different suspect who had been thought to have done this too, but between that guy and Wells, the dates didn't quite line up. Right. But of course, this is all legend, and that makes for, for a good ghost story. Who, what, and we don't know for sure. So just uh, stay tuned for our video on it. Yeah. yeah. So. But as you can see there, a little bit closer is the face. You can sort of make it out. Mm-hmm. Two eyes. There's those. There's the mouth. Right. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, very well-known legend in Alabama. One that's not so well-known, Homewood Public Library. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to know, huh. know what's up with this, because I don't think Homewood. I've ever heard this one before. So as I wish I still had the video of this, because this is actually one of the ghost stories I did for television way back. And I don't have this one. It got lost to time somehow. I don't know how. It was actually a very short story, so it wasn't very long, uh, like some of the others I had done when I was working in TV. Uh, but I did do this one. Um, and it surprised me even then that I was actually going to the Homewood Public Library. Of course, a lot of people think libraries are totally haunted. And if you walk into many of them, especially some around Birmingham, yes, you would probably sense there's a lot of uh, uh, spirits floating around. Uh, but in this case, this is actually a pretty new building. This was built 1960. This could be argued to be similar to the Catherine Tucker Wyndham House. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe something on the property had happened years before, but that was that house was built new for Wyndham's family whenever they moved in. So in, it's, it's hard to explain what really causes these things to happen when they do happen. And this is one of those cases, the Homewood Public Library. It was built on an old farm. In Homewood, just south, I believe, or to the west of downtown, I forget exactly where it's at, um, as a church. There was a farmhouse there and a small farm that was torn down around 1960. This was built as Church of Christ, I believe it was. Yeah, Church of Christ was built in 1960. Uh, the church left, and I think sometime either in 1984 is when the church left, and I think it became a library at that point, or maybe in 1985 or a little later after that, it became a uh, library. During the day, which is, of course, the time I went there to do this story. I was not there at night. Um, the library is fairly peaceful. Um, but after dark, uh, doors 
begin opening and closing, uh, unlocking when nobody else has locked them, uh, has unlocked them. Uh, <laughs> books will fly off the shelves, and that has been seen on security footage. Oh, oh nice. Wow. So there's, nice. Actually, there's actually some video of this happening. Hmm. I have not seen it, but word is there is video out there. And during the snowpocalypse of 2014, so this was, I think it was January 2014, a woman uh, wound up having to take refuge there. I don't know if she worked there or if she was just nearby and had to, that was the best place she could get to, mm-hmm. trying to get home. Right. And she was stuck there overnight. And at one point, heard a woman laughing hysterically. And nobody else was there. This was the only person in the building at the time. Oh, uh, okay. But also, in different instances, a woman has also heard screaming. Uh, a construction crew who was there after hours working on a sprinkler system also had to call police one night when they saw objects floating. Could have been some of the stuff that was flying off the shelves, too. Um, and there's no re- a clear reason why spirits are there. You know, similar to the Wyndham House. Like, why is Jeffrey in the Wyndham House? Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody really knows why there are spirits in the Homewood Library unless they just, you know, like we were talking about before with Haint Blue. You know, and because their four-year didn't have paint blue in it, a spirit <laughs> meandered in. Who knows? Uh, that could very well be the reason behind it. But you know, there's somebody, somebody still owed late fees, and they're just upset about it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so symmetrical. Um, any symmetrical book stacking, by the way? <laughs> uh, I can't <laughs> help it. This is so. This is so <laughs> Ghostbusters and well, library this, and haunts. There so, was yeah. always in my hometown of Geneva, uh, the Emmanox Public Library there in town. Uh, has always been rumored to be haunted. We would go in there as kids and nobody wanted to go downstairs to, mm-hmm. to that area. And it's an, it's an old, old library. It's a great, great yeah. library, but yeah. well, there's, there's also talk too of, and I don't, I just don't know if just, just being old and it just gives off that vibe. But you know, there's also talk about the, um, the library, the Birmingham library has yeah. haunts and um, yep. I think even the old Bessemer library. So everybody's, I think, you know, everybody's got that whole ghost uh, haunting the library story. Mm-hmm. That's just goes on and on. But I, I have covered the Lynn Henley library in mm-hmm. downtown Birmingham. And yeah. it's a former librarian. I believe it is. It's said to be um, haunting the place named Fant Thornley. Did it have something to do with the elevator system? Elevators will move up and down. Yeah. Um, the I think a spirit or an apparition something can be seen a figure can be seen in the uh, outside the main library in the stacks where they store books mm-hmm. um, right I believe that's the case too I'd have to go back and rewatch what I had done uh, man yeah. a, a ghost writer named Dr Alan Brown from University of West Alabama went there and uh, did a story on it specifically mm-hmm. and Fant Thornley evidently what tipped them off that it would be Fant Thornley is he was a smoker. And yeah, that's the smell. It smells like somebody smoking. Exactly. Right? And, they, yeah. and they recognize yeah. the smoke from a specific brand that he would smoke. So, right. That's why people thought that's exactly who it was. But yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that story too before about the, the Lynn Henley. Yeah. yeah library. Yeah. But evidently it's nine spirits. Rome Homewood's library. I don't know how they counted them, but that's. Gotcha. That's what they know. <laughs> So, hmm. and also the adult section, which is pictured here, is where the sanctuary was for the church. Okay. So, anyhow. Gotcha. Next up, another one that's a little dubious, but it is ridiculous in terms of how much is probably going on up around Gadsden <laughs> on Hines Road. And it's the witch of Hines Road. Uh, the woman who was uh, allegedly the witch uh, was named Torbert. And she supposedly had sold her soul to the devil. 
And this happened in the late 1800s, early 1900s sometime. And story goes, she would take children that would have ventured off into her woods <laughs> and capture them, murder them, bathe in their blood, Whoa. and put them in a pond that was nearby. Vigilantes had caught on to this, found out what was going on. They went to put an end to it, and they get to the woods, and they get to the pond, and they find the children. And then they come across a cave opening that stunk, which meant that was probably where she was doing her dirty deeds. Hmm. And then not far from there, they found her house with her in it, and they set it on fire with her in it. Oh, wow. Okay. So All the right. story goes now that sometimes that pond uh, will turn red um, okay. as if it was full of blood. It will appear at least that way. Um, there's also there have also been reports of a woman running up to people screaming that she had sold her soul and just disappearing. Hmm. Uh, orbs of light appearing in the woods and hellhounds chasing after you. Very yeah. large dogs. So it's a it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty nasty place apparently. You don't want to be yeah. up there at night. There's there is a lot of stories about this. I had never heard about this until today. Hmm. Um, when I was just poking around to see what I could find and try to pick up different things from across the state. Yeah. And like this, that. this was one of them. So yeah. I didn't know there were very many ghost stories around Gadsden and this was a pretty good one. So. Uh, that is a good one. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, I won't be going up there. Of course, you know, here I go. Yeah. My Ghostbusters mine. <laughs> Cute doggy. Maybe I got a milk bone. <laughs> the hellhounds chase chasing you off from a milk bone. So I was, right. I was sitting here thinking about Vigo. <laughs> <laughs> well next is one of my favorites yes the burning tower of the drish house in tuscaloosa and yeah, the reason brock, it was one of my favorites go ahead brock had mentioned that he was like oh let's let's get nick so you definitely talk about the drish house yeah <laughs> we, we we were gonna try to go by it a couple of weekends ago but it just didn't just didn't work out for our what we had yeah. going on and it got late so yeah the Drish House is a favorite of mine because it is a local story, I, and I, I like I like the stories from around Tuscaloosa, especially the Drish House. There's Van de Graaff Mansion, mm -hmm. where they have a lot of events that was originally uh, a, had been originally a library after it was a residence for the city of Tuscaloosa. Um, it's been told so many different times. Drish House has this air of um, mystery because mm -hmm. working in television, I spent three years trying to get in this house. <laughs> to do a ghost story on it and only in the third year was i able to get in because as you can tell from the uh, culmination over the years that top picture when it was still a plantation house to when it saw some of its darker days as a salvage yard mm -hmm. to when it had been an abandoned uh baptist church and had all these other structures built around it and it was just a pale pale comparison of its former self mm -hmm. um but you could not get in that house. And I was bent on getting in there. And finally, in 2008, I called the same people I had been calling at the time. The house was um, either owned or at least maintained by the Tuscaloosa. Uh, oh, shoot. What was their name? Preservation Society. The Tuscaloosa Preserva Preservation Society. Mm -hmm. And they finally said, yes, you called just in time. We'll let you in. We, As a matter of fact, we have a group coming in to do some paranormal investigating in the house. Maybe you can join forces with them uh, for your story. And I'm mm -hmm. like, brilliant. Yes, that would be great. <laughs> so thank you for that. So, but anyway, uh, some history on the house. 
It's called the Drish House because a man named Dr. John Drish built it around 1830. And if you're familiar with Tuscaloosa, it's just off Greensboro Avenue, and it's along 17th Street, which is just below one of the main drags, 15th Street. Mm -hmm. uh, you can actually see it pretty well from 15th Street, and you can see it really yeah. well from yeah. uh, the side of Interstate 359 and Lear Lane Wallace Boulevard as you're going into downtown Tuscaloosa. Uh, mm -hmm. Since they tore down, if you see that bottom right picture with the brick structure, since they've torn that down, you can really make the house out from the interstate now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dr. Drish uh, was a, even though he had a plantation, and back in this time, as you can tell from that top picture, it was probably a pretty wide plantation. Yeah. Um, even though he had this large plantation, he was a very poor manager of it. And he was uh, often, he often drank and he gambled. And it's often been said that he'd take a boatload of cotton to Mobile to sell. And he'd come back weeks later broke with nothing more than a hangover and a remorseful conscience. So says Captain Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> so did yeah. he stop at Wind Creek Casino down there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably so. Yeah. I had also heard he would wind up in New Orleans for like a month bender <laughs> at times. And then he would show back up at home and his wife would always forgive him. Um, <laughs> some of the things that I just couldn't get into the story when I did this for TV years ago that I, that they told me about that was gold. Um, but he died in 1867. He was about 70. He was in his 70s, I think, early 70s. Uh, Mrs. Drish, during the funeral, Mrs. Drish had used these funeral candles because, of course, back then you have the funeral at home. Mm -hmm. uh, you're laid out at home, and there's always the ceremonial uh, ornaments or whatever that you use for funerals, just like you would weddings and stuff like that. Um, and they had these uh, candelabras or candeliers uh, with these very large candles in it. And for whatever reason, she was very obsessed with these candles. And made the point to say, I want these candles used at my funeral. Mm -hmm. Well, 1884 rolls around, and that's when uh, Mrs. Drish passes. And they spend a lot of time trying to find these candles in that house to Novell. So, some years later, not very long later, the house is sold uh, to Judge William Cochran. And his family moves in. This is within about two years of uh, Mrs. Drish's passing. Um, and that's when all the strange things began to happen. Mm -hmm. those being in particular the burning tower people would walk by this house this is this house is fairly close to downtown tuscaloosa yeah and mm -hmm. people would be walking by and would see what appeared to be the tower on fire now, this right. is sort of a spanish-esque um architecture so it has a dome but the dome looks more like a tower than a dome um and they would see this on fire and they'd run up to the house beat on the door judge cochran your house is on fire and they <laughs> would all go in go up to the tower to make sure it wasn't on fire. And sure enough, there wasn't the first burnt ember, anything, no ash, nothing. Right. It has not been on fire at all. This happens more than once. And actually over the years, Tuscaloosa police had had reports of people calling it out, whether it was for a joke or not mm -hmm. into at yeah. least the 1950s, 1960s, possibly um, there would be reports that, Hey, we see the house on fire or the right. church on fire as it wound up being uh, later on. Um, the other story, a little, <laughs> a little creepier than the, than just the <laughs> tower was of that of, uh, I don't know if it was one of judge Cochran's children or her grandchildren, uh, was sleeping in a bedroom one night and was sort of awake when the door opens and someone comes in and covers them up or tucks them in a little tighter than what they were. Mm. And the child the next day goes to the mother and says, Hey, I was not exactly asleep and you covered me up last night and the mother says that wasn't me yeah and then it happens again later on and it's essentially the same thing you hear the door open very quietly you hear what sounds like tiptoeing across the room 
and someone was covered up in the blanket. Huh. And in the story that I did, um, where they 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 heard various things at some point, voices or something that came through whatever meter it was they were using, was that same bedroom where all hmm. this had allegedly happened in. So I'm not sure if that was Mrs. Drish's bedroom, Mrs. Drish's bedroom or not. Okay. Um, that's where some of this came from. And there had been uh, instances of piano playing um, in in that house. And today the house looks like this. It's an event venue. Yep. Mm-hmm. It has been completely remodeled. They were getting started on it when I ran my story in 2008. It was sort of a two-pronged story where it was, we were telling a ghost story, but also saying how this was, the Preservation Society was working to get this home stabilized, which they were mostly, had mostly gotten through at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's an event venue. I've been there for events since it's opened up like this. Um, I've not heard anybody say anything weird's going on, but I haven't had a real chance to talk to anybody who's there on a regular basis to say, yeah, yeah there's some weird things going on or no, nothing's happening. Right. It's all just funk. Well, tonight it's, I'm, go ahead. It's beautiful house. It is. It's just, yeah. I, I love to look at it. It's, it's really beautiful. Yeah. They did a really good job when they, uh, mm-hmm. fixed it up. It's, it was a lot more ornate. There was a lot more intricate architecture to the house inside and outside. You can tell from the outside picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior this is right. the same house this is what it looked like originally right. when the church took it between the time the church took it over and the wrecking yard was there the wreck uh, the church was there after the wrecking yard was so you see mm-hmm. it still has some of its architecture there it's hard to see yeah but some of it's still there when the church got hold of it it was a baptist church and they wanted nothing to do with anything ornate they wanted it as plain as you can get gotcha. and that's why the house looks like it does now yeah more um, stripped down like it is yeah exactly uh the brick structure here and this one here i know there's one here but that was tore down before this was built, this was separate. Mm-hmm. These were Sunday school rooms, I think, when the church had it. And this was more like the sanctuary here. Okay. Uh, when yeah. the church was still there. And they used this mainly as classrooms. Okay. Um, and both sections had been torn down. They had fixed everything back um, as similar as they could to the way that it was. Um, interesting notes, especially where these brick structures are concerned. The night I was there, um, finishing up my story, I was there two different occasions. Uh, the last night I'm there is when all of the paranormal researchers were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm out back because you could not go through the front door at this point. This was all blocked off. They had it nailed down, basically. But the back door you could get in and out of straight back. Um, and this was all off limits. Ironically, oh, wow. the reason I couldn't get in this house for those years is they were having to clean up what was basically a hazard, was hazardous material. And yeah. by mm-hmm. that, I mean bird poop. It was... <laughs> <laughs> completely full of bats. Yeah. They had made a complete right. mess. Other critters had gotten in there too. It was, it was pretty yeah. bad. And they told me every time, call back next year. We really want you. We really want the exposure <laughs> for the house, but we're afraid to let you in. Exactly. So, yeah. Finally that last year in 2008, they had gotten it cleaned up enough and it was perfectly fine. I mean, it was a rundown house on the inside. It was nothing like it is now. Yeah. It certainly wasn't anything like this top picture is now. Well, like you said, especially having like a wrecking, you know, a, a, the wrecking company using that. Yeah. And I'm sure with all the, look, I know all that too well. When you have all that wrecked yeah. cars and stuff built up around there, that stuff's bound to, yeah. And yeah. it looks like, you know, the top, the tower there, the picture I'm looking at, you yeah. know, it was opened up. So, yeah. 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 But as, as I'm there mm-hmm. and I'm wrapping up that night, I'm kind of outside the back door, rolling up extension cords, getting my light, lighting equipment put up. We put on a pretty decent production out there that night, microphone cables and all that. And there's a roundabout 
at the Dredge House. It's basically in the center of a roundabout now. Hmm. Okay. Hasn't always been that way, especially when it was a plantation. Um, but there was out back, and this is the Dredge House, as nice as it is of a venue now, it's still in kind of a rough area. Not mm-hmm. overly rough, but it's a little sketch. Right. Um, there was this uh, small pickup that pulled up back there with me and about 10 of the people who were outside and some of the researchers there, two of which, one of which was active national guard reserve, I think. And another might've been even been retired army or some other branch. I'm not sure which, um, not exactly small guys, <laughs> thankfully in this case, because this very sketchy pickup pulls up, stops, man hops out, wants to know who owns the house. And this is at about 11 o'clock at night. So uh-huh. this is just weird. Well, being the good, uh, journalist I was, I, even though I had the camera turned around, I was recording because I'm like, well, if I'm about to be shanked, I'm going to record what's going on. <laughs> Make May sure not be able to see you. everything, but they'll hear a voice. Put another ghost in the house. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm standing up on the porch and I'm watching fairly closely, trying not to act like I'm watching very closely. I'm recording and I see all this go down and they come, the lady with the preservation society was up there with me. We had been chatting just as this uh, started to unfold and they walk up and man says he wants to talk to somebody with the preservation society. And the other guys are like, you're not going to that house. Mm-hmm. They're keeping him at the curb. And she walks out there. They're like, we'll walk out there with you. And I'm like, I'm hanging out here. I'll just be recording if I need to. <laughs> I'm just going to document this whole thing. going. But down. I can hear everything from uh, where I'm at. And she walks out there. I hear murmuring. Blah, 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 blah. And this box, like an orange crepe box, he hands her, she takes it, she walks back over to the porch. They got him like the police is about to arrest him, throw him in the car. Mm-hmm. And she walks over to the porch and she's looking through it and she gasps and is like, oh my God. And I'm like, what'd you find? She said, I found some original uh, drawings, not necessarily blueprints, but sketches of the house that the builders used. Oh, wow. Nice. The gist of this story was this guy had broken into the brick structure, the portion on the right on this bottom right picture. He'd broken Uh into that at some point and stole a bunch of stuff. We don't know how much. But he said ever since then, he had had nothing but bad luck. (laughs) And he wanted to give that stuff back. (laughs) Wow. This is bad juju. Bad juju on that guy. We sit there after he finally leaves and we're going through this and (laughs) we're all just recanting what just happened and we're all laughing because we're like, what are the odds? Yeah. So this guy like brings back some fairly important stuff that nobody even knew existed. Oh, that is wild. The history of that house. (laughs) The fact that he thought he had been spooked all these years because he had broken into it. Yeah. And chances are he had broken into the rest of the house and just didn't tell us that. Yeah. (laughs) But the fact that he brought it back, he gave us another good haunted story that I've got on tape somewhere, probably. Yeah. That this happened to him. And he was hoping that by giving that back and putting it back with the house that he would get, you know, he all would, his bad yeah. luck to go away. How about that? So, yeah. This house is clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is fu- which is wild is it's called the Burning Tower, but like one of the largest fire departments is now they built, you know, a f- few years ago right down from it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So probably for good reason. Yeah. They may still get phone calls. They just don't tell the public. Yeah. They look at the back, they look at the back door and like, eh, it's good. Yeah. There's a lot of people at uh, Tuscaloosa 911 who are like, we don't know whether to believe these people or not. Let's just put a firehouse over there. Because yeah. now I can just take a webcam up there 24-7 and just make sure. But 
interestingly, and this gets personal, as I'm doing some research uh, this evening, trying to make sure I have all my ducks in a row and I'm telling most of these stories fairly accurately, or as accurately as I can. I'm going through a book that is not 13 Alabama Ghosts and Jeffrey, but it's called The Haunting of Alabama by Dr. Alan Brown, who I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. uh, who was uh, one of my friends going on some of these excursions uh, with ghosts we did. One that's coming up, I'll show in just a minute. We did the Lynn Henley Library together, and we did Sloss Furnaces. Mm-hmm. Um, the other is a pretty good one because most people don't know anything about that one. Um, but he wrote, after I had done this story in 2008, this story aired on the TV station I was working for on October 30th, 2008. Um, this book was written sometime after that, uh, a couple of years after. 2017. Okay, so a good little while after that, almost nine years after that. Anyhow, he goes into a section at the end of the story on the Drush House about a paranormal research group investigating at that house on October 6th and October 16th. Well, I spent time twice with the Tuscaloosa Paranormal Research Group, evidently on October 6th and October 16th, because I went with them. I know the last time, the 16th, Uh had to be, because I knew it was a few days before the story run. And I had gotten there to tail in probably that about two weeks before on the 6th. But they mention, but he mentions in this uh, passage, they collected a number of intriguing electronic voice phenomena, EVPs, on the first and second floor, including that way, thank you, my things in there, help me, and the one that freaked me out a little bit, hey, Mike. Stop it. <laughs> there, was, there was no Michael there. There was no Mike there. I don't believe oh. there might have been. And it's if it was, it was hey. two of us. So they were messing with me or the other mic too <laughs> if there was another there and yeah. i was like okay i'm gonna close this book now oh <laughs> <laughs> i've had this book since 2017 and did not know that until i season. love that I that's like, awesome oh good hmm. lord so yeah anyway it was interesting oh. anyway that's how things get a little weird anyhow huh. speaking of Kids. weird there was a dancing ghost Who's buried on his bed in Kinston, Alabama? That's my Uh, neck of the woods. I was about to say, I hope Brock knows where this is because it's in uh, South Alabama, very probably close to the county he grew up in. I have cousins who live in Kinston. (laughs) Brock is kin to the dancing ghost. I I am. (laughs) I've never even heard of, see, I've never even heard of Kinston. I've never heard of Abbeville until this. You've been through Kinston. I have. Okay. Yeah. When we we went down to visit our friends uh, in North Florida, yeah, we drove through Kinston. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, the story is, and the dancing ghost is a guy named William Harrison, whose nickname was Grancer. Uh, the reason his nickname was Grancer is back in the old, old, olden days. Granted, uh, Harrison was born in 1789, so it's that far back. Uh, Grand Sir was a another name for grandfather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the grandchildren okay. just ran it together, Grancer. Mm-hmm. So people called him Grancer, G-R-A-N-C-E-R, instead of Grand Sir. Um, but he was born in South Carolina, 1789, and moved to Coffee County, Alabama in the 1830s sometime. Built a plantation, we believe. Any information about what his business dealings were, where, what kind of house he had, stuff like that, that might be contained at a courthouse, uh, was all destroyed around 1929 during a big flood. Uh, in Coffee County, either Elba or wherever mm-hmm. the other courthouse is. I know they have two. Elba. Um, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's Elba. And Elba is very prone to flooding. Yeah. Um, so all that was destroyed. So nobody really knows for sure, other than 
just what has been passed down over the years. And much of it is assumed because a lot of it uh, followed past his uh, passing to where people mm-hmm. knew he was at least, he was at least, he had a decent amount of money. He was a fairly good uh, farmer and was fairly well known by a lot of people. Uh, but he was very, so he was very successful at farming, but he lived to socialize. He was very much an entertainer. Uh, and every Saturday he entertained his neighbors with horse races and barbecues. And a little later on, uh, he had a dance hall built on his property and enjoyed dancing in his custom made shoes and shirt. He played the fiddle. He would call out square dances. It was a pretty happening event when you went to Grant's or Harrison's uh, get togethers. Hmm. As he got older though, he ordered, trying to read my notes and I got to where I was not writing them very well. (laughs) He ordered that his grave uh, was to be near his dance hall because he wanted to be close to where all the fun was happening at, even in the afterlife. And he wanted to be buried in his dancing shoes and his shirt, uh, suit, I mean, and be buried on his feather bed. So he was going to be buried above ground. And his directions were followed to the period. Uh, after his death in 1860, the dances continued for a time, but they sort of uh, withered out uh, without Grantser being there because he was such a personality at these events. And people just didn't like going anymore with him being gone. Uh, but not long after uh, the dances stopped, uh, passersby claimed to hear the pounding of dancing feet and old-time fiddle tunes with uh, some people hearing the booming male voice of someone calling out square dances. Hmm. So mm-hmm. and as you see, as you see in the picture, that is an old uh, grave shelter, mm-hmm. yeah. which had seen better days at this point. I'm not sure when this picture was taken, uh, but you might can see the tomb just inside there under the next picture and you see it without. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the oh, shelter. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is on private property. Uh-huh. You will probably be chased off if you go to the cemetery. I'm not sure if they even allow you to go during the daytime because this tomb has been vandalized many times over the years. The latest being in 2010. If you do a Google search, you will see where it has been blown open. Ooh. Not much can be seen inside there because the man has been dead since 1860. But <laughs> um, And it's been uh, vandalized several times and opened up uh, for various reasons. I would assume people probably thought he was in there with gold or something. Come um, on, Kinston. That's right. And it may not even be Kinston people. Um, but it's it's not exactly a small cemetery. There's a lot of family buried there. And I believe that property where you see all that flat at was probably his farmland and his uh, mm-hmm. dance hall was there close by somewhere. Not Nobody really is 100% sure where everything was, but they knew because he wanted to be buried close to that uh, dance hall he had built. It's somewhere right. very close to where the cemetery is. So yeah, Believe and me when I say there's not much in Kinston. So yeah, that amount yeah. of space is not surprising. Yeah. It's a dirt road leading up to it. I forget what highway it's off of, but it's a little... It's a bit of a distance out to it. Mm-hmm. I, do, I do remember that much from some of the videos I've watched of it in the past. Yeah. Catherine Tucker Wyndham was in some videos where uh, they went to mm-hmm. maybe all of the locations of her 13 ghost ghost stories. Oh. Right. Um, a lot of them are on YouTube and this one is one of them. Yeah. This is a picture of what it looks like since it had been fixed after the 2010 vandalization. I don't mm-hmm. think it's been vandalized since then. So... All right. The one nobody really has heard of, and this is another personal one for me. 
is Ooh. the haunted radio station in Jasper in Walker County. Ha <laughs> um, No, hadn't heard this one. Yeah, I did this story back in 2007 when I was in TV. Uh, it is no longer a radio station. They have moved. I was trying to verify that earlier and could not and got on Google Maps and found the location. And just so happens there was a four lease sign in the yard when the Google car drove by it last time. <laughs> the tower the tower's still there, as you see in the back, but uh, nothing. It, it's hard to say, but the call letters used to be above that bay window or over here somewhere. I think it was above the bay window. Um, and it looked very much an operation then. Now, it, at least last time the Google car went by, um, it doesn't look like anything really is going on. I think the last time I drove by there over the last year, it looked fairly empty or there was an insurance office in there. I forget which now. Um, but anyway, it was built as a home. This is actually a house. It is right yeah. on the edge of a neighborhood next to uh, a busy highway uh, through Jasper and a shopping center, uh, for that matter. Uh, the original owner, I believe, he was the original owner, was a man named George Vines, who was a car dealer. He was a Mercury dealer and ultimately Mercury, Lincoln Mercury dealer in mm, Jasper crazy. for several years. Crazy about a Mercury. Yeah. Um <laughs> The personal thing for me is my grandparents lived in Jasper. My dad grew up in Jasper mm -hmm. and my grandfather bought Mercury's um, and was about the same age as George Vine. So it was George, George and my grandfather were actually friends. They were acquaintances okay. at least. Oh, wow. um, my grandfather was in civic organizations in Jasper. He was the president of the Kiwanis Club uh, for a time of which George was a member of uh, over the years. So George Vines and my grandfather actually knew each other. Uh, he predeceased my grandfather by some 15 years, I believe, 13, uh, 14, 15 years. Um, but George died about 1974, and the radio station at some time, I don't think too terribly long after that, moved in. The original radio station, I think, was called WWWB, and when I went here, it was WIXI, and I think the station has gone dark. I don't think it's in service anymore. Maybe it's just somewhere else, but I don't think it's on the air anymore. Um, but after the radio station moves in, um, not terribly long after George passed, uh, strange things, of course, began to happen because he died in his home. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember. My dad couldn't remember this uh, being the case. But I was told at the radio station when the funeral occurred, they had him at the house and that his casket was sat in front of that bay window. Oh, OK. As a matter of fact, because a lot of people knew George. Yeah. Um, and that's how they would pass by paying their respects. Oh. Um, but of the strange things that occurred, doors would open and close on their own. Lights would be turning on by themselves and the occasional voice would be heard. Um, yeah. The audio board would be right facing out that bay window. So your DJ would actually be sitting there looking out the window. Uh -huh. You hmm. could go by and wave at the DJ and such as that. Yeah. Uh, but one night, the sister of a DJ who was working uh, one particular night drove by and saw somebody standing behind the DJ. And called in and said, hey, there's somebody standing behind you. And they say, well, there's nobody here. I was like, well, there was definitely a body behind you. <laughs> um, nobody else was in the house. Couldn't have gotten in. Don't know what happened. So there you have it. Probably the funniest thing about this story is, or at least it was pretty funny in the story I did, was that the toilet seat would raise on its own. <laughs> oh, it's but in the story I did, I... <laughs> Slammed the toilet seat down, threw it in reverse in editing, and slowed it down to where it looked like it was The guy, even at the station, this had been a constant, this happens, swore it still happened. 
And it had huh. been a radio station at the point I go in there in 2008. It had been a radio station for at least 20 years at this point, <laughs> um, if not a little more than that. So they said, the, these are things that really do happen. We have to watch out for that freak us out because they'll be there by themselves more often than not when they're running the radio station. Nobody else is usually there. And those are the things that would happen. Huh. And just a little bit about George Vines. There's some of his ads because I could not find a picture. And I'm me and huh. my dad could not figure out if that's him or that's him. <laughs> Uh, but Carl Price and George Vines were in business together at one point. Mm -hmm. George was in business by himself. I can remember Carl Price. Uh, so he's a little younger than George. He was still around when I was a little boy. Yeah. Uh, George had long since passed by that point. Um, but yeah. Huh. Well, I like the idea of, cause you know, if you listen to the podcast, you know, I'm a former DJ and, um, I like the, the fact you could see out the, the window at the, the street. My first radio station I worked at was WKMX, and it was based there at Enterprise, one of six point seven. And our control board, you could you could look out and see the streets. You could it, it overlooked the Bull Weevil Monument uh, there in in downtown Enterprise. And as you're looking down there, uh, at some point, somebody decided to have a little fun and actually shoot the window. So when I was there, there was still a bullet hole <laughs> in the glass that you could, you know, if you're looking at the Bowieville Monument, there's the hole and like, well, you know, hello to you too, Enterprise. <laughs> Bowieville Monument. You can't get much more Southern than Bowieville Monument. <laughs> nope. Definitely look that up if you don't know that story. I think old George, though, he just wanted to help out with yeah. the radio station. He, he might have so. had a... He might have been trying to get a request in, you know, probably either that, or if you had to go to the restroom, he was just trying to help keep yeah. everything clean. There you go. <laughs> That's yeah. a seat, please. He was a fairly nice guy in life. So he was probably just helping out. Yeah. yeah. Just friendly help, you know, helping out. Well, that's it on the stories that I've got. I could go on all night. Oh uh, gosh. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we're just scratching the surface of the stories yeah. that exist out there, but of course, 13 Alabama ghosts and Jeffrey, Catherine mm -hmm. Tucker, Wyndham and Margaret Gillis. Fye. Um, story about Margaret. She was an English teacher at Hunting Huntington College in Montgomery and was Wyndham's English teacher when she was in college. Mm -hmm. So, and she had, I, I don't remember if she had written anything or not that was folklore ish. Um, but they got together to uh, get 13 Alabama Ghost and Jeffrey written and probably the others, if I had to guess. Uh, the Haunting of Alabama is the other book by Dr. Alan Brown. Uh, he actually still, I think, I need to verify this, but he would give tours. Um, ghost tours around Livingston down yeah, in Sumter okay. County because he was a teacher at University of West Alabama. Mm -hmm. um, and I was told last year, or at least before COVID, maybe not last year, uh, that he was, uh, he would do tours. So he may still actually do those um, down in Livingston. Yeah. And on TikTok, I had come across a guy named Joshua Darren that I got one or two of the stories from who is really good at some of the ghost stories and just urban legends hmm. uh so he's a good one again most of his uh have to do with alabama uh, a few of okay. his uh tiktoks go outside the state but the vast majority are based in alabama um, okay so he's fairly entertaining yeah we'll look him up and uh potentially link him in the descriptions as well give him yeah. some credit appreciate that but dr brown wrote that there is a book called ghost hunters had a look at it i see it on my bookshelf that he wrote as well um I believe he followed around some paranormal researchers uh, to write that book. Mm -hmm. That was one of his earlier books to write. The Haunting of Alabama came about 
2017. So I only got it here in the last couple of years. Uh, but the Ghost Hunters book I've had since about 2008. Um, I'm trying to think of other recommendations. Anything by Catherine Tucker or Wyndham is all yeah. done. They're, the, the stories are usually short. They're very... Mm-hmm. Uh, Wyndham was a journalist in professional life, so her stories are about as factual as she can get them to. Right. Um, for what she has been told. And she doesn't get in over... She doesn't go overboard in detail, and they're basically, this is what it is. Right. And uh, Dr. Brown is very similar. Most of his stories are pretty short, if not shorter than what uh, Wyndham would write. Uh, they're basically, here are the facts as we see them. Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> so. Very good. I enjoyed that. Thank you so yeah, much for that. Yeah, I appreciate that. that, man. Really good. Yeah, I, I knew he'd be the great one to have on to, to discuss these. And, you know, maybe we'll... Uh, Maybe we'll revisit uh, next October. Yeah. Try to get some more ghost stories. I mean, there, there's, gosh, there's so many around there's the so state. There's so many. I mean, yep. we, we have a lot of haunted, you know, areas here in Birmingham, not just the library, but, you know, there's the Tales of Lost Furnace. The Alabama Theater has their, has a ghost. Yep. Uh, you know, of course, any cemetery you pretty much go to in Birmingham's got a ghost story. And yep. uh, there's even a story of, the, of Eastlake Park that supposedly yep. you heard. Yeah. So yep. there's the East Lake Mermaid. It's supposed to be a little mm-hmm. girl who's the father murdered the it's mother. It's a terrible story. Yeah. Yeah. It was terrible. Killed the mother and the children or the child. I can't remember if they were children. Yeah. But I know I think they was were small girl. children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was about four or five years old. It was in the early days of Birmingham. East Lake became like the neighborhood to live in, I believe, yeah. at that time. Um, University of Montevallo has a pretty wild one uh, with. Mm. Um, I believe it was Montevallo where the uh, co-ed wound up burning herself really bad on some chocolate or something. They were cooking in a dorm room Mm -hmm. and there was an accident and like her face is imprinted in a door or something like that. I forget. Yeah. Uh, But I'm almost certain whatever the story is, it was from Montevallo university of Alabama, of course, has several I've been in in particular in Smith hall in the dark, not chasing ghosts, but to hear the (laughs) creaking of the floors because it's such an old building and has wood floors. You would think it's pretty haunted. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And you have um, uh, Smith's. What's the quad behind in front of Smith Hall? What is that called? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Okay. It's the mm-hmm. quad that's in front of Smith Hall at the University mm-hmm. of Alabama. Allegedly, mm-hmm. there are Civil War soldiers who will appear out there every so often. What's quad? Yeah. What's quad? Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, What's yeah. quad? Yeah. Um, yeah I'll- I like this. I kind of kind of like this. This has been interesting. Like you said, we could just, I mean, we could go on forever. Well, I, I know earlier I said, I don't believe in ghosts, uh, but I, I do have a really, a really fascinating story. At least it was to me in, in elementary school um, that I actually witnessed uh, down in Eufaula. There's a, a grave that sits off to the side of one of the, one of the roads called handshake grave. And mom and dad mm-hmm. took us out there. And the story was uh, this homeless guy or he, he stayed on the streets a whole lot in Eufaula and was, you know, re- really friendly around town. Everybody loved him and all. And when he died, he, he died uh, without any money. And so they buried him out along this county road. Uh, and this, of course, is totally legend. But um, so I don't know if I'm getting all the details right, but mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, mm-hmm. so this, the, the town buried him out there and mom and dad actually took me to his grave, I think in fifth grade. Uh, 
I want fifth or sixth grade, probably sixth grade. We went out there uh, and we actually wound up not living too far from it, but there's a hole at the end. He, he loved to, he was very social and liked to shake hands with people. And the legend was that if you go out to this grave, there's a hole at the end uh, of, of the big concrete uh, top of his grave. There's a hole at the end that never fills in and you can stick your hand down in there and your hand shakes. So <laughs> wow. mom and dad, mom and dad took me out there. Of course, I'm just petrified at that age. <laughs> don't don't want to go near this thing. Come but, on, son, let's take a trip. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got, a, it's got an iron, iron fence around it. Iron, iron rod fence around it. Uh, matter of fact, I took my, uh, my ex-wife uh, down there and we, we visited it. It's still there. Uh, didn't see the hole. Uh, but when I was there in the, in the sixth grade, good Lord is my witness. This happened. We are standing there and there was a hole. I didn't dare put my hand in it. Neither did my parents <laughs> cut, you know, South you might get bitten or something. Yeah. So <laughs> and we, we weren't worried about the ghost shaking our hands. We were worried about critters. Yeah. But this beagle puppy came towards us from the from the the next door house and went through the iron fence went onto the grave and as soon as he went onto the grave like i said lord is my witness this happened i saw it the dog's rear end immediately went to the top of that grave and he started yelping <laughs> get off me get off me we wow. backed up really quickly <laughs> And the dog, like, I don't know if he had worms or whatever, but he scooted his rear end across the top of the grave. And then after yelping and everything and got out of the fence and he was fine. Wow. That happened. I have no explanation for it. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> that's what the dog had. Look, and I, okay. So if, if I had to say I had any kind of an encounter, I'm just going to say that it was really funny that after my grandmother passed away, that the TV would come on in the living room where she would sit in the recliner and watch TV and that TV would turn on in the afternoons. And wouldn't you know it? Bonanza was on. So <laughs> I was like, granny just wants to watch TV. Just let granny yeah. watch TV. Mm. Let her have it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. There's, there's so many good, yeah. good stories. Yeah. My, my cousin growing up. And I think this is, I think this is one of, I think this may be in the 13 Alabama ghosts. Uh, there was a guy who was hung, hanged, not hung. He was hanged mm -hmm. from a tree mm -hmm. in Pinkert, Alabama. And the rope was too, was a little too long. His feet yeah. were, were touching the ground. And so they went and they dug out. Bill Skeeto. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hole that will never stay filled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's covered up now by a bridge. Yep. Sure is. Yeah. Yep. My, my, my cousin, Jennifer, she always wanted to go down and go camping over this thing. Cause they said, if you fill yep. it in the hole, lay down a sleeping bag or whatever, and slept on top of it, you get up the next morning, that hole is dug out and you're in the hole. Yep. And wow. she always wanted to go camping out there. And I'm like, forget you. <laughs> 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 I'm not going out there. Oh. Yep. <laughs> A lot of great stories around the state. And we appreciate you coming on and, and sharing those oh, yeah. with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah man. I've enjoyed this. Thank you. This has been good. So that's uh that's your your Halloween, one of your Halloween episodes for uh for the Bama Geeks for October. And uh I guess uh anybody uh, anybody got anything else you want to chat about before we, we call it and 
call it an episode? No, I'm good. All right. I'm good on here. All right. Well, Kevin is doing fine. He's just tired. As we said, he'll, uh, he'll be with us next time. So, uh, if you want to keep the conversation going as always, as we mentioned earlier at Bama geeks on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Mm -hmm. look us up on YouTube, especially if you want to see this incredible, uh, slideshow that, that, uh, Nixie had for us, uh, for this, that'll be on YouTube. So make sure you go in and look for it on there. And then also, if you just want to sit around and chit chat with us, have you have you got any ghost stories yeah. to tell? You got any ghostly experiences? Any haunts? Any stories you like to share? Any haints? Haints? <laughs> join us on uh, on Facebook. We've got our own private Facebook group. Just request to join. We'll let you in there. Bama Geeks Front Porch. Search for that. And then, of course, if you want to get the uh, the extra bonus audio, patreon.com slash Bama Geeks. $5 a month will get you that. And if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, anywhere that you can give us a five-star rating, we would certainly appreciate it. Uh, if you didn't like us, don't leave a one-star. Just ignore us. <laughs> ignore that rating system is there. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I guess we'll uh, we'll wrap it up and we'll be back next episode with uh, another little special feature to to round out <laughs> one of our favorite months of October. Oh boy, will we ever. Oh <laughs> boy. Man. But, but once again, thank you so much Nixie, Michael Nix and Yeah, thanks uh, Nixie. Thank, thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's been a joy having you on here. We've got to have you back on sometime soon. It's fun. It's been a long time since I've told any ghost stories like this. <laughs> hey i'm i'm all for your ghost stories yeah. anytime we love them absolutely do so and if you can ever find that video i don't know if you've got it online anywhere of you at the jewish house you put in your nice little uh special effect there at the end is that the one where he oh where yeah he dissipates yeah oh yeah <laughs> he's standing there giving you the spooky truth and then look up he just disappears. uh drish house on youtube and it's um uh, i think the uh the still frame of the video that you might see as a thumbnail is a guy that might have a ponytail. I think he has. And that was not um, you. That was not me. No, that was the guy I was interviewing. I think th now that I'm thinking of that might've been the other Mike who was there. Um, oh. I can't remember for sure now it's been no. so long, but that was 2008 when I did that story. I'm, I'm um, going to stick with the, the ghost was saying hi to you. That's That that was just a surprise to see it in print. And I had overlooked it. So, Awesome. Well, we, th we thank you so much for joining us and, uh, and sharing. And I know I'll see you at lunch in a, just a handful of days. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> <laughs> and Bo's got to come back over for lunch too. Yep. Slim right. chickens. Oh uh, yes. That's what we are. So <laughs> well, we'll wrap it up. Thank you again, Nixie for being with us and for Jess and Bo and, and for Kevin. Mm -hmm. we 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 know he's here and enjoying it he's not in spirit thankfully yeah <laughs> but uh he is in spirit in a different way but, but you'll see him next he's time. in our hearts that's right that's right but thanks so much for joining us for uh i'm a man i'm 40 episode yes. of of bama geeks we'll catch you next time bye